0: <laughs> the following episode of Random Satisfaction is not at all like any other episode of Random Satisfaction. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna talk, but I'm gonna talk about spooky stuff. Listener discretion is advised. If you are scared by shit, it's scary. Also, we're gonna cuss. Fuck okay. yeah. My Randomites. I wanted to do something a little different this week. In light of the Halloween holiday coming up very soon, I wanted to uh, tell you a couple of scary stories. That's something that we're going to do for the remainder of October. Yes, I know it's September. I don't give a shit. I want to start early. It's fucking spooky ookie time. So gonna go over a couple of stories a couple of things that scare the pajamas off of my nutsack things that bother me things that are true stories real things that scare the crap out of me all right so typically i don't get really i don't get really spooked out by things unless it's like uh you know like ghost stories don't really don't bother me all that much but unless it's like demon stories and stuff like that like some conjuring shit that messes me up that and i remember when i watched uh, i watched the exorcist when i was eight years old my mother and father did not want me to watch this show they said nope we're gonna watch it you go to bed and i said i can handle it and i could not handle it i woke up at around midnight screaming in my bed um thinking about a crucifix being crushed by a snake with the uh the you know the demon's eyes behind it those bright yellow you know needlepoint eyes that were directly behind it just staring at me it felt like it happened for hours so that was why i kind of stayed away from the the demonic shit and stuff like that i'll probably jump into it anyway uh just because it is is spooky ooky shit but uh we're gonna go we're gonna go into that different stuff I know normally it's fun and it's lighthearted and we, you know, tell a lot of dick and fart jokes and things like that this week and for all of October, it's spooky time. So without further ado, let us start with the Axe Murderer House. Boom, boom, boom. The Valeska Axe Murder House is in Valeska, Iowa and it's a well-known tourist attraction for ghost hunters and horror movie lovers alike. The site of a gruesome, unsolved 1912 murder in which six children and two adults had their skulls completely crushed by the acts of an unknown perpetrator was purchased in 1994, restored to its original 1912 condition, and converted into a tourist destination. It cost $428 a night to stay at the old haunted home where visitors always reported strange paranormal experiences such as visions of a man with an axe roaming the halls or the faint screams of children. But in November 2014, the haunting took a darker turn. Robert Stevenson Larson, Jr., 37, of Rhinelander, Wisconsin, was on a regular recreational paranormal visit with his friends when true horror struck his companions found him stabbed in the chest an apparently self-inflicted wound they called 911 and Larson was brought to a nearby hospital before being helicoptered to a Creighton University Medical Center in Omaha the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office said Larson suffered the self-inflicted injury at about 1245 a.m. which around the same time the 1912 axe murderers occurred. Larson recovered from his injuries, but has never spoken publicly about what occurred on that day. For Martha Len, the owner of the home, the incident was very upsetting. She said, It's publicity, but it's not exactly the kind of publicity you desire to have. I don't want people thinking that when they come to the Valeska axe murder house, something is going to happen that's going to make them do something like that. The house remains open for tourist visits and overnight stays today. okay it's called the Veleska Axe murder house and she doesn't want it to have the publicity where you know it's haunted she knows it's haunted and she's like yeah this guy you know he showed up to the house and he uh, you know evidently tried to kill himself is what they're saying self-inflicted stab wounds. Uh, and she's like oh, I don't want this I don't want this axe murder house to get a fucking bad rap." i I don't i don't get that (laughs) okay anyway oh let's keep the spooky theme let's uh let's not break character i'm sorry i have to do that sometimes that fucking drives me crazy which is like you know i just i think some people are just giving the axe murder house a bad name no no the axe murders did that pretty pretty good in 1912 anyway scary as shit weird don't uh go to that place but if you have 428 dollars rolling around uh in your pocket then you know make sure that you get over there And uh, check it out, and don't bring a knife with you. On to our next story. The haunted doll. When you think of haunted dolls, it's likely the creepy old Victorian-looking porcelain kind that springs to mind. None of which you probably have laying around. Still, don't get too comfortable around any kids' toys too soon. Though, the Disney's Frozen Elsa doll that was gifted for Christmas in 2013 in the Houston area made headlines earlier this year when it seemingly became haunted. The doll recited phrases from the movie Frozen and sang Let It Go when a button on its necklace was pressed. For two two years, it did that in English, mother Emily Mendonia said. In 2015, it started doing it in alternate between Spanish and English there wasn't a button that changed these. It was just random. The family has owned the doll for more than six years and never changed its batteries. The mother says the doll would randomly begin to speak and sing even when Switch was turned off. The family decided to throw the creepy doll out in December of 2019. Weeks later, they found it inside on a bench in their living room. The kids insisted that they didn't put it there, and I believed them, because they wouldn't have dug through the garbage outside, Mendonia told Houston News. At that point, Elsa ceased to sing the English rendition of Let It Go altogether, speaking only Spanish when pressed. The family then double-bagged the bizarre doll and placed it at the bottom of their garbage, which was taken out on garbage day. Then, on a short trip after but when they returned Elsa too had come back and was waiting in the backyard of their home. This time the family mailed Elsa to a family friend in Minnesota who taped the haunted doll to the front bumper of his truck. It doesn't seem to have made its way back to Houston yet as per Mendonia's latest February Facebook update on the creepy doll. Fucking frozen doll man that's like annabelle yeah see you know that was the thing that they were saying about the annabelle doll that it was like possessed by a demon or something that it's like i mean it's a story it's not fucking real oh fuck maybe it is maybe it's elsa oh oh Oh, maybe it's disney because disney's fucking evil (laughs) i like disney movies marvel movies but they're just they're evil people uh anyway yeah shit in houston yeah stay away from the uh from the frozen let it go doll all right i know that i was gonna stay away from the demon stuff but (sighs) i gotta do it on to our next story a deadly exorcism in august 2016 in north london 26 year old kennedy Ife began acting strange and aggressive following a pain in his throat He reportedly bit his father, threatened to cut off his own penis, and complained of a python or snake inside of him before his family restrained him to a bed with cable ties and excessive force. The family then set about attempting to cure Kennedy through restraint and prayer over the next three days. His brother, Colin Ife told the police, It's clear that that thing was in him, what we believed was a demon because it was not natural it was clearly trying to kill him we had to restrain him for himself it was clear if we didn't restrain him he could have tried to harm people in our family kennedy Ife had been bound to his bed for three days without medical attention when his brother called emergency services explaining that kennedy ife was complaining of dehydration he appeared to have developed breathing issues and was pronounced dead at 10.17 a.m. While police were at the house, Colin Ife allegedly carried out an attempted resurrection by chanting and praying for Mr. Ife. All seven of Kennedy Ife's family members were accused of manslaughter, false imprisonment, and causing or allowing the death of a vulnerable adult. A post-mortem examination revealed over 60 wounds, including a possible bite, on Kennedy Ife's body, and his father, Kenneth Ife, along with his four brothers, sustained injuries as well. Kenneth Ife told jurors he ordered his son to take shifts and use overwhelming force, but denied that an association with cults, occult, or secret societies played any part in the death. After a four-day jury deliberation, all seven family members were cleared of charges on March 14th of 2019. I mean... So let's just say I change my personality, like I start eating, you know, Apple Jacks instead of fruit Loops every morning, and my sugar levels are a little off, and I start acting a little bit weird if anybody ties me to a fucking bed and i die to it i'm haunting you <laughs> forever <laughs> that just sounds more like a bunch of assholes that were like you know what we sure don't like the way you're acting lately yeah i don't know man you know you're you're a you're a little different typically you're pretty nice but today i sense a little snarkiness in you so uh we're we're gonna have you die of dehydration in a bed <laughs> Uh, with fucking family like this oh my gosh son of a bitch anyway yeah so you know if you're around your family and your family says you know they're gonna tie you to bed if you start acting different you better keep that shit the same or find your own house anyway next story dead animals in the walls when the bretz's family decided to insulate their home in auburn pennsylvania in 2015 They discovered that it had already been with scores of dead animal carcasses. The dead animals were wrapped in newspapers from the 1930s and 40s and were among half-used spices and other items. After removing the items, they sent hundreds of artifacts and carcasses to an expert in Cutstown. The expert attributed the rotting animals in the walls to powwow or dutch magic a ritual originating in the culture of the pennsylvania dutch to treat ailments and gain physical and spiritual protection the pennsylvania dutch were a group of german-speaking settlers in pennsylvania in the 1600s and 1700s and are often of lutheran mennonite or amish faiths many of the spells deal with the care of livestock finding water or the treatment of minor ailments reflecting the conditions and concerns of early american settlers but powwow also has within a tradition of darker spells and even of such things as conjuring demons son of a bitch Mm. one notable ritual in their tradition is this hex to create loyalty in a dog. To attach a dog to a person, provided nothing else was used before to affect it. Try to draw some of your blood and let the dog eat it along with his food, and he will stay with you. The mold found on the rotting carcasses in the Britz's home has caused illness among the family members, and they say that the odor hasn't gone away. All right, let's just talk. about. Okay, I, so it, it, it kind of messed me up while I was doing this. Um, the, the town uh, that the carcass was taken over to uh, where they sent the artifacts to was called Town, not Cuntstown. Uh, <laughs> I almost broke. I was like, shit. I didn't realize that this was going to be something demonic. Um, or, you know, I guess witchcraft is kind of to that same effect but yeah it was really you know i wasn't expecting that shit and it just kind of ran me over the balls so uh anyway that was fucking fun uh yeah so uh if you find dead animals in your walls then you know eh, don't don't remove them probably just move and then burn down the fucking house anyway next story oh man it's one of those also, if I fed my dog's blood, they would probably fucking leave. <laughs> they wouldn't eat my blood, I guarantee it. They'd be like, no, nah, my dogs are picky as shit. Be like, uh, is that is that blood organic free-range blood? And I'm like, no, I had a monster this morning. They're like, yeah, sorry, I'm not going to drink your blood. You should get healthy. And then they would hand me a crystal and pray for me. Anyway, <laughs> our next story. Florida... Devil worshipping. Friends noticed that Danielle Harkins, a 35 year old school teacher near St. Petersburg, Florida, started acting strangely in June of 2012, developing an interest in demonic rituals. Soon after, she was arrested for abuse of seven of her former students, as the Tampa Bay Times reported. Danielle Harkins told the kids that they needed to rid their bodies of demons as the group gathered before dusk saturday around a small fire near the st petersburg pier they should cut their skin to let the evil spirits out police said she told the children then they needed to burn the wounds to ensure those spirits would not return when harkins held a lighter to one teen's hand wind blew the flame out that prompted her to douse his hand in perfume before setting it on fire boy suffered second-degree burns another teen was cut on the neck with a broken bottle police said Harkin used a flame to heat a small key which she then used to cauterize the wound the police were notified because a friend of one of the students who participated in the ritual raised alarms however none of the students themselves told their parents about the event comment following the arrest of harkins before aggravated battery and child abuse okay um apparently in tampa bay they don't just have super bowl victories or tom brady they also have crazy bitches that are uh saying that you have to cut your body open in order to let the demons out this is fucking psychotic I am going to raise my kid to know that if anybody tells you that you have to cut on your body for something, uh, then that person is an asshole and don't hang out with them. And as a matter of fact, tell me what the fuck happened. Fucking crazy. These are real stories. I'm not making any of this shit up. I don't, I don't write this well. Like, no, I am. This is all real shit. Real people, real things, chronicles of psychotic people and crazy haunting shit. Our next story is the death of Elisa Lamb. Elisa Lam was last seen on January 31, 2013, in the lobby of the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. She was vacationing through the West Coast, documenting the trip on her blog, and checking in with her parents every day. On January 31st, those calls stopped. Lamb had vanished. Soon the police were involved, and her parents arrived to help with the search. They had nothing. That February LAPD released elevator surveillance footage of Lam before her disappearance. The footage shows Lam behaving strangely in the elevator, appearing to talk with invisible people, peering around the corner of the door, crouching in the corner and and opening and closing the door. But what exactly is going on in this video raises more questions than answers. Theories range from psychotic episodes to demonic possession to unknown assailants just out of the camera's view. Around that time, hotel guests started reporting weird things happening within the Cecil Hotel water supply. The shower was awful, said Sabina Bow, who spent eight days there during the investigation. When you turned the tap on, the water was coming black first for two seconds and then it was going back to normal the tap water tasted terrible Bao said it had a very funny sweetly disgusting taste it's a very strange taste I I, I can't describe it but for a week they never complained we never thought anything of it she said we thought it was just the way it was here on the morning of February 19th, a hotel employee climbed to the roof and used a ladder to investigate the hotel's water storage system tanks. That's where authorities found the decomposing naked body of lamb, whose personal items were found nearby. After an autopsy, her death was labeled accidental. The tank has a metal latch that can be opened, but authorities said, access to the roof is secured with an alarm and a lock the single room occupancy hotel has an unusual history night stalker richard ramirez who was found guilty of 14 slayings in the 1980s lived on the 14th floor for several months in 1985 an international serial killer jack unterweger is suspected of murdering three prostitutes during the time he lived there in 1991. He killed himself in jail in 1994. In 1962, a female occupant jumped out of the hotel's window killing herself and pedestrians whom she landed on. Wow. So I've seen this video. I think y'all have seen this video too. If you're into spooky uki shit, like you, you've seen this video of her just acting erratically and just kind of being freaked out generally the entire time. Like somebody was chasing her or something like that, and then disappearing. Ooh! (laughs) If if water comes out of your tap black, don't drink that shit. It's probably lamb too. (laughs) Fucking! It tastes a little sweet. It's a little sugar. I'm pretty sure this is a diabetic body. I, I can't tell. Oh gosh! All right. Moving on to our last story an exorcism in Indianapolis last year the Indianapolis star published a lengthy report on a family terrorized by three children allegedly possessed by demons the account of Latoya Ammons and her family tells disturbing stories of children climbing up the walls getting thrown across the rooms and children threatening doctors in deep unnatural voices It would seem like something straight out of a movie a work of fantasy except all of these accounts were more or less corroborated with nearly 800 pages of official records obtained by the indianapolis star and recounted in more than a dozen interviews with police dcs personnel psychologists family members and a catholic priest one of the more chilling Sections of the report includes a segment about a possessed nine-year-old According to Washington's original DCS report an account corroborated by walker the nurse the nine-year-old had a weird grin And walked backward up a wall to the ceiling He then flipped over Campbell, landing on his feet He never let go of his grandmother's hand Another segment of the piece reads The 12-year-old would later tell mental health professionals that she sometimes felt as if she were being choked and held down so she couldn't speak or move. She said she heard a voice, and the voice would say she'd never see her family again and wouldn't live the next 20 minutes. Oh, right. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but... uh. Okay, demons are scary right possess people that's scary shit why is it more fucked up when it's a kid why is it more fucked up when it's a child when it's like a young kid that just looking at you even though just like i'm gonna smirk at you and then i'm gonna do some weird acrobatic shit like it's fucking nuts that scares me way more than a grown person i think it's because i can punch a grown person in the face yeah, if they start getting fucking ornery and start doing really crazy shit, then, you know, try and choke me or something like that. At the end of the day, I could probably, I mean, I don't know, it's a demon, that's probably pretty hard to do, but I would, you know, at least attempt to punch in the face. A child, I'd be a little bit creepy, and they're like all nimble and quick, you know, they're all swift, and they they would run around and like, Pokey in the ankles you remember that fucking movie the pet cemetery you remember when that kid got brought back to life spoiler alert it's coming if you haven't watched that movie from like the fucking late 80s then get on it um they made a newer one i haven't seen that one but uh that little kid that adorable little boy that was like you know ran over by a truck and then you know brought back to life inside the pet cemetery or cemetery that went completely batshit insane um the dad is looking for the kid. The kid's under the bed and he has a scalpel in his hand and he like cuts the dad's Achilles tendon while he's next to the bed. To this day, I still fucking pick my feet up as fast as possible if I like when I'm next to my bed. Shit's weird, right? Little tiny demonic kids can fit anywhere and they want to hurt you. Scary shit. Anyway, that's our show this week. We're going to do more spooky ookie shit next week. I hope you guys like this. If you didn't like this, uh, you don't know, format um eat shit. Uh also, uh you can email me and you can let me know so I can uh have your email and I can personally email you a little thank you card that at the bottom says you can eat shit because I like doing this shit. So, this was fun. I really like the spooky stuff. I'd like to thank a couple of people. I want to throw out some shout-outs here uh for my inspiration for uh, this show. Uh, first inspiration goes to, uh, Dan Cummins, uh, and his podcast scared to death. Oh my gosh. What a great show. Love you, buddy. That is such a fucking good show. Uh, y'all should listen to that. That's just crazy fun. Um, they're really good at telling their stories and, uh, it's, I mean, it's, you know, about an hour and it's just a really, really good show. Uh, also, uh, the more realistic element of the scary shit, which in some cases is a lot more scary than the the, the other shit, uh, like real people and stuff. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Chris Chapa with Human Delicatessen. Fucking those stories will mess you up. Uh, they're really, really good. Uh, obviously, listener discretion is advised for both uh, shows, but man, uh, that's our show this week. Again, next week, Spooky yuki Shit. Uh, it's coming. Send me an email. Uh, if you have a story, if you've got a scary story, I will post it on here, uh, with your name attached to it. So anyway, as always, I love you guys and I will talk to you later. Goodbye.